The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good afternoon. Friends, one of the most common and uncomfortable accusations that is made against believers of of Jesus Christ in our culture is is the accusation that we face of being holier than thou. Some of you have, I'm sure, faced that. Holier than thou. It's kind of amazing how this accusation has been around for so long. It's been around for, for many centuries and across all cultural lines. It's an accusation that's made sometimes when people's consciences are stirred, uh, when they're sensed that they need to reform in some way, makes them uncomfortable. And perhaps in light, of, in light of something that you say or something that you do in the practice of your uh, religious and spiritual life, that, that some of that light gets, gets into the shadows in, in that part of our lives where, we, where all of us dwell sometimes. We inhabit it all. We all, all inhabit it for, uh, in, in one time or another. The interesting thing about, the, about that expression, about uh, being holier than thou, is that for the most part, the people who make that accusation don't have any idea what the word holiness means. And Friends, for the most part, neither do we. It's a mysterious word. As we approach Lent, our readings begin to unpack this mystery and and teach us how to enter this mystery of of holiness. Remember that St. Paul told us that without this holiness, no one will see the Lord. So we're reminded, especially during during this upcoming season of Lent, how important it is and how passionately our Lord wants to impress upon us our desire 
to be truly holy, to be truly holy. And here's what he's trying to accomplish. Here's what he's trying to accomplish in you and me. That by being authentically holy, we will become like our Father. That becoming authentically holy, we will become like him. Being holy means becoming like him. Now, there's almost no one that I have ever met who's really, who's really comfortable in this, in this entire discussion about holiness. And, you know, truthfully, sometimes I'm not. Uh, the reason might be that when we're confronted with the presence of the holy, it, it doesn't inspire us to embrace it, but to run away from it. It doesn't inspire us to embrace it, but we, we get uncomfortable with it. The reaction of people in the scriptures when they encounter God, uh, even God's angels, who the, the, the angels who have just been with God, the, the reaction is, is that they hide. They, 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 they hide. The apostles, when they, t- when they encountered Jesus for the first time, were in awe but they were afraid. They were amazed and afraid. That's the, the phrase that one of the Gospels uses, amazed and afraid. There's something to learn from Adam and Eve and their experience in the garden. You know, before that unfortunate business with the serpent and the fruit, uh, it seems they enjoyed being in the presence of God. They enjoyed it. That's where they, that's where they live. That's where they belong. And after the fall, they ran and hid. They ran and hid. The presence of the Holy One inspired fear. And we, I mean, humanity has been uh, running and hiding from God ever since. When Jesus walked with with us, people were not, (laughs) they were uneasy with him. We begin to sense the ways in which we have have fallen short of the standards that that God's holiness sets. If, if If we're drawn close to him, we begin to get that idea of, of the ways in which we fall, uh, we fall short. You know, thank, thank God. We go to confession and, and name our sins, the ones we're aware of, and our communion with the Lord is, is established, is reestablished. And thanks be to God, we leave the confessional as new creatures with a new start. Thanks be to God, because we've just been in the presence of the Holy these last two weekends, we find Jesus unpacking a series of statements in the form of, you have heard it said, but I say to you, you have heard it said, but I say to you. And the examples he gives of how to love our neighbors and how to love God point us, point us in the direction that he wants us to go. Yeah, that's, that's the direction of our transformation. That's what he wants to bring forth in your life and mine. Today he speaks about not taking revenge when we're wronged and, and loving our, our enemies. We look, at, we look at who we are in our hearts and we wonder exactly how that's, how that's going to happen because it doesn't seem possible. We've learned exactly another kind of behavior altogether, but he wants to teach us his ways. The standards of holiness have not, have not changed. They're, and, they're, and, you know, they're not going to change. It's because it's not the standards that need to be reformed. It's us that need to be reformed. It's us that need to be uh, reformed. The London Times in the early 1900s, and this is true, 
the early 1900s, invited various literary figures to write essays on the subject, What's Wrong with the World? And some of those essays are great to read. Look them up. H.G. Uh, Wells, um, and I forgot, there's a, whole, there's a whole mess of them. But probably the, 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 the one that, that surprised everybody the most was the one that was given by G.K. Chesterton, who was known for his long and flowery essays, because he gave the shortest answer to that essay, to that question, what's wrong with the world? He answered, dear editor, I am, I am, sincerely, Gilbert Chesterton. The editor said, Gilbert, that's not fair. And Chesterton later went on and wrote an entire book called What's Wrong with the World, and uh, in which he, he says, you know, perhaps his, his best-known quote, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. It's a great quote. So as we approach Lent, and as we think about the various sacrifices we're going to make and the the sins that we must confess. And by the way, the confessional is your your friend. The confessional is your friend. I can't stress that enough, especially during this time of year. Let's remember that the the goal is not obedience to just a set of regulations. It's not, as I was told a long time ago, it's not the it's not learning to, uh, to do the ten things you, you, you hate the most and give up the ten things you love the most. It isn't like that. It's not following that set of regulations. That's the mistake the Pharisees made, reducing everything to, to that kind of a, a statue. It's a matter of drawing near to our Lord and being transformed by being in his presence. That's where it starts. And we will stop being uncomfortable in the presence of of the Holy One when we become more like Him, when we become more like Him. We don't get there by strict obedience to this or that law. It's kind of the other way around. As we are transformed, we find that we are more and more in line with what He would like us to do and what He would like us to be. So my prayer for all, for all of you, and certainly my prayer for me in, the, in all of this, is that, is that you found, maybe as, as I have found, that I'm less interested in being holier than thou, but a lot more interested in being holier than I am. Amen? Amen.